When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Jack Coleman here. You are listening to TV Confidential with Ed Robertson. Ed Robertson, welcome you to this week's edition of TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. That will welcome Stephanie Powers in our second hour. Stephanie Powers starred Heart to Heart, Girl from Uncle, Feather and Father, Herbie Rides Again, McClintock, and many other stage, film, and TV productions. Stephanie Powers, also the founder and president of the William Holden Wildlife Foundation, a nonprofit organization that Stephanie established to further Holden's legacy as a conservationist and preserver of animal wildlife in East Africa. William Holden was also the love of Stephanie Powers' life. We'll talk about William Holden the person and more when Stephanie Powers joins us in our second hour. Be able to stay tuned for that coming up later on. This hour, we will welcome actor, voice artist, and improv comic Jim Meskimen, Jim Meskimen, the voice of Colonel Sanders, and an actor who recently played President George Washington in a very funny commercial for Geico. Jim has three live-action projects coming up, including a new limited series that will premiere next week on the Stars Network. We'll talk about that and more with Jim Meskimen joins us later on this hour. We hope you stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we will open up our program this week by playing part two of a conversation that began last week with our friend Bud. Burton Moss. Bud Moss, legendary Hollywood agent, talent manager, deal maker, author, and showbiz raconteur. After originally aspiring to become a bullfighter and an actor, Bud Moss learned his craft as an agent under the legendary Martin Baum before launching his own agency, the Burton Moss Agency, which is still very active today. Bud's latest book, Act 3, is due out Later in 2022, if all goes well, Bud's other books include All I Got Was 10% and Hollywood. Sometimes reality is better than the dream. They're, they're both available right now. Bud Moss, legendary Hollywood agent and talent manager, our guest this hour. Mention your love of bullfighting. That was one of the things you wanted to do. That, that was the thing you really wanted to do before you were an actor, before you tried your hand at acting. If I remember correctly, one... Uh, the other legendary figures in filmmaking who you knew and who you shared a love of bullfighting with was the great director, Bud Bedecker. Oh, Bud Bedecker. We both spelled our name Bud. Yes, I was going to say that. Yes, yes. B-U-D-D for emphasis. He was not only a, uh, we spent a lot of time with years later, he became a client of mine and we tried uh, to put a, a magnificent film together called A Horse for Mr. Barnum. Mm -hmm. And it was a story about Barnum wanting to have the greatest horses in his circus, and he wanted 12 Arabian Nights, uh, 12 Arabian horses. <laughs> that would have been a different I, movie. I spent, I spent those 12 nights also. <laughs> but uh, Benneker was a remarkable man, and uh, sadly... Uh, he uh, he should have been uh, a director that should have won a lot of Oscars for all the great westerns that he created. 
Mudd uh, and Tony Quinn were very close friends, and I think they did, if not one, they did two films together. I had the pleasure, this is about 30 years ago, I had the pleasure of spending an afternoon with Bud Bedecker um, at his ranch near San Diego. In San Diego with his little bullring in, in back of the ranch. And was it, I was there also. He, I, I, and you, you can attest to this, I only met him the one day. I only, I mean, the, the one. I mean, we we spoke several times after that, but I I, I was only with him face to face that one time, and yet he made me feel like like he had known me his entire life. That's just the kind that, of that's Buddy. Yeah, that was Bud. Yeah, I have a picture. I'm going to try and find it for you and send it to you of me and Bedeker, and uh, a, a, an agent that uh, I spent a lot of time with by the name of Cy Marsh, who was at the William Morris office, who mm-hmm. passed away years ago. Mm-hmm. I'll try and find that picture, and I'll send it to you. That would be wonderful. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award uh, pays homage to legendary actors and actresses from the golden age of Hollywood. The next Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award uh, will be awarded posthumously to Academy Award winner William Holden as part of the next Gold Coast International Film Festival, Stephanie Powers will accept the award that night on behalf of William Holden. For reservations, for more information, call 516-829-2570 or visit goldcoastarts.org. Let me ask you this. When you're an actor, you tend to think about yourself. When you're an agent, and especially when you're a manager, you have to think about everybody but yourself. You have to have you have to know everything about everyone you represent and you have to have an eye on a big on, on the big picture. What first sparked your interest in becoming an agent and what led you to move from being an agent to being a talent manager? Good question and I need probably another hour. <laughs> I have to use a film called The Godfather as a perfect example of what to look for. Uh, in somebody that you feel could be that right for a, for, for a specific role. And one day I was in my office and I got a call from a business manager, a woman that I had known for a long time, and she said, Bud, do you know they're making a film over at Paramount called The Godfather? And I said, yes. She said, do you happen to know Bob Evans? And I said, yes, one of my dearest friends. He said, well, I have a client who should remain nameless at this point who feels that he should be the godfather, and they've heard that they were looking for an unknown person to play the role of the godfather. I said, gee, that's very interesting. She said, "Uh, my client lives out of town, and if you're interested, he would like to meet you next Friday uh, to uh, talk to you about the making of the Godfather film. So we talked a little more and she said, we can arrange for you to fly to San Francisco. His uh, uh, Rolls Royce will be waiting at the airport for you with his driver and he will take you to his house. I said, what is this, your client's name? And she said, I am not permitted to mention his name, but he thinks that he looks like what the Godfather should be. And having said that, I said, okay, I'll go to San Francisco, and I flew up on United, there was this maroon and black Rolls Royce waiting for me with his driver, and off we went up Montgomery Street to the top of the hill, almost to 
Coit Tower, if you know where Coit Tower is located. You're talking to someone who grew up in San Francisco. I know exactly where you're talking about. His penthouse apartment was almost, you could almost reach out and touch Coit Tower. It was that so close. Mm -hmm. So when I got to this apartment building and I went up a little elevator in the back of the, uh, the, the apartment building, the door opened up and there was this man as the door opened up in a white suit with a white shirt with a black tie with a Monte Cristo cigar smoking in his hand and said, are you Bud Moss? And I said, yes. He said, I am Melvin Belli and I should be the next godfather. And I said, Mr. Belli, I said, nothing would please me more than to see you get that part. But have you acted before? And he says, have you ever seen me in court, Mr. Moss? <laughs> he said, I happen to be one of the legendary actors in court. And I walk into this beautiful apartment, and there against the wall were about six pictures, maybe about three feet by five feet, hard cardboard pictures of Belli in black suits with black shirts, white suits with black, a cross section, and you would have thought each of them had a Monte Cristo cigar in his hand. <laughs> you would have thought I was looking at the Godfather. Yeah. So having said that, he said, I understand you know Bob Evans, and I said, yes, I do. And he said, I want that part, and I would like to test for the part. So without saying anything, I said, hand me that phone. And I dialed the number of Paramount Studios, and I said, operator, connect me with Bob Evans' office, and Belli's looking at me as if he can't believe I'm making this call. <laughs> and I said to the secretary, uh, Nancy, it's Bud. Hi, Bud, how are you? What's, what's happening? I said, I happen to be in San Francisco with uh, Melvin Belli, one of the greatest, she says, I know who Melvin Belli is, one of the greatest lawyers, tort lawyers in the world, mm -hmm who wants to meet with Bob Evans, who wants to test for the part of the Godfather. Hold on, bud. Click, click, click. Bud, what are you doing in San Francisco? Bobby, I'm here with Melvin Belli, who wants to talk to you about playing the part of the, the Godfather. But what a great idea. Has he ever acted before? And Belli can hear this. I had him <laughs> on the box. <laughs> and Belli said, Mr. Evans... Wait until we meet and wait till I test for you. There's not another actor, even though I know you're looking for an unknown. Wait till you see my test. Mr. Bell, I am honored to uh, talk to you. I will send you a script. I'll arrange an ACT in San Francisco for a drama coach to work with you. And you can come down to Paramount in two weeks and we'll put you on film. At his test for, quote, an unknown actor was quite remarkable. Mm -hmm. It really was something to behold. I wish that tape was still around. And after <clears throat> doing the test, weeks later, they finally announced that they were going with an unknown to play the part of the Godfather by the name of Marlon Brando. <laughs> Belli took it as a personal affront. Yeah. And Belli called every editor in every newspaper in the country that he knew and said, if I had to lose out to an unknown, I don't mind losing out to Marlon Brando. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it it's interesting. Belli was not a performer was not a performer in the film and TV sense of the word, but he certainly was a performer in the courtroom. But the the takeaway from that story, just listening to you, bud, is he did what an act what any actor would do. I mean, he came to the audition, so to speak. You know, his meeting with you with the absolute confidence that only he, that he and only he was the right person for that part, and you would be making a mistake if you did not take him seriously. That's that's all you want from any actor when they when they audition for anything. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. I had a chance to put Belli in a Star Trek many years ago. This mm-hmm. was after our, our meeting, and he did a compliment. He did an excellent job. I mean, I think that uh, looking back at it. Uh, he had that unique ability to uh, take a character out of a script and uh, create a nice role for himself. And that's my Melvin Belli story. That's that's your Melvin Belli story, and that is part of the legend of The Godfather. And as it happens, we're within a week of the 50th anniversary of the release of The Godfather. And Melvin Belli is one of the characters that Bud brings to life in his books. The third of which, uh, Act 3, is due out later in 2022. For more information on the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award, the upcoming ceremony, first week of May in Great Neck, New York, goldcoastarts.org. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How have things changed since you started your career behind the scenes, bud? I mean, when you started agenting and when you later got into talent management... There are only like maybe four, four or five studios to deal with, and there are only three TV networks to deal with. Um, today, there are countless studios and countless platforms for TV. Is it more complicated to make a deal when you have more outlets, or are the same basic components of a deal still in place regardless of today or before? Well, going back to my early days in the 60s as an agent, there were just, what, four or five major studios. Mm-hmm. There was... Fox, Metro, Paramount, Universal. I think Disney was pretty active then, and I can't remember what else. Each studio had one or two at the most casting directors, and nobody had ever heard of the word television to the point that it was going to take over the industry from the motion picture industry at that point. What we did at General Artists Corporation, we were always looking for that unknown actor or actress to uh, get their careers going and let the agency have a name for itself. Fortunately, Martin Baum, who created the motion picture television department at an agency called General Artists Corporation in 1960, represented really kind of an unknown actor by the name of Sidney Poitier. And Sidney became, as you know, going back to when I first met him, I was doing extra work on a film called Blackboard Jungle. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those rowdy kids in the classroom 
that was hanging out with Sidney, and we started talking about careers, about Mick Morrow, who was also in the film with him, and what it took to get him to this point in his career. And that film and that meeting that we met led to Sidney saying at the end of the shoot, why don't you come to New York for a couple of days and spend some time with me and I'll show you where Sidney and uh, Harry Belafonte used to wash dishes at a place called Ruby's in, uh, in Harlem. And that led me to a 60-year relationship, practically. Sidney was my best man when I got married at Melvin Belli's home in 1970. A remarkable man and a great loss to all of us, having said that. Yes, and, and, another, and another of the stars who made the golden age of Hollywood golden. Maybe the next Burton Moss recipient will be Sidney Poitier. I want to, I'm just going to throw that. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there, and you, you do with it as you wish. But in the meantime, the next recipient of the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award, William Holden, will be honored as part of the Gold Coast International Film Festival first week of May in Great Neck, New York. GoldCoastArts.org for more information on that event. Oh, we're talking about one of the things you did especially in the in in the early years of your career when you're with the General Artist Corporation is you were looking for vehicles to make the actors that you represented as widely known as possible and as you started your career that was when dramatic television was taking off there are a lot more opportunities for actors uh uh, especially New York actors who were not necessarily known for doing television. And I understand, what, if I remember correctly, one of the casting people that you worked with were, were people like John Conwell, Burt Remsen, you know, people who worked for Quinn Martin Productions. And and a lot of and Quinn, Quinn was particularly good at casting New York actors on his shows. Boy, was he ever. He became a dear friend uh, going back to those early days, as did many of the up-and-coming producers, uh, both at uh, at Universal and at Paramount. I became good friends with a young writer by the name of Sterling Siliphant, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the uh, to the 60s. And, uh, and Rod Serling I got to know, which was quite a special treat for me. Speaking of New York actors, one of our clients was the daughter of one of the great actors of the 30s and 40s by the name of Robert Montgomery, mm-hmm. And her name was Elizabeth Montgomery, Mm -hmm. who wanted to be a movie star. And Marty Baum was doing pretty good with the very with the activity that he was getting for her. And in the meeting at uh, Columbia Studios Screen Gems, it was called at that time Mm -hmm. the TV wing. They had a concept for a series based upon a film that I think Veronica Lake made, a name that. I had to reach for it just then, uh, <laughs> called I Married a Witch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that film was translated into a TV concept called Bewitched. And they said, gee, we would really like to meet Elizabeth Montgomery. Uh, we think that she'd be great to play the lead in this series. And I said, I've been told that I am not allowed to talk about Elizabeth Montgomery, that Marty Baum is the only one that can talk about her, but I was told that she's a movie star and she would never, ever, ever do a television series, especially a film, a series based upon a part that somebody else created. And I said, well, 
I said, all I'm told is uh, don't submit her. And they said, well, we want to meet Elizabeth Montgomery. She was the most difficult person for any of us to speak to. And in a staff meeting with my, my boss, Marty Baum, I told him about this concept for Elizabeth Montgomery, and would you give her a call? And he said, but I don't want to call Elizabeth Montgomery about doing a television series. Uh, you're going to have to do it. And I said, Marty, she'll tear me apart if I call her. He said, well, nobody's going to do it unless you make the call. So the next day, <clears throat> I called, and the phone answered, and she said, Hello, and I said, Miss Montgomery, she said, who is this? I said, Bud Moss. She says, what do you want? Big dramatic pause. And she said, uh, I said, I wanted to talk to you about a TV series, Click. Because back then, there was still the great divide between movies and television, and if you were a young actress on the rise, as Elizabeth Montgomery was at the time, the perception was if you did a television series, that would kill your movie career, and she didn't want that. Correct. That, that, that explains why she hung up on you. There is, however, a lot more to that story, and Bud will tell us how he managed to get Elizabeth Montgomery to change her mind on the other side of the break. In the meantime, Bud Moss, legendary Hollywood talent manager... Hollywood agent, author of Hollywood Sometimes, The Reality is Better Than the Dream, the forthcoming book, Act Three, and the namesake of the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award. Take a quick time out. We'll talk some more Bud Moss when we come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.